Texas. They say everything's bigger here, and they're right. We've got big cars, big hearts, and even bigger stakes. This is beef country, Texas. Home to the Alamo, the Cowboys, and the largest military installation known to man. So big, it has a big name. Fort Hood, the great place. It's got a Texas-sized podcast as well. And this is it, right here. Fort Hood's great big podcast. Yeehaw. Memorial Day, possibly one of the most misunderstood days that we, I don't want to say celebrate, that we... Yeah, nobody says observe. happy Memorial Day. Well, yeah, yeah, that we observe here in the United States. A lot of people, I just saw a poll that said a lot of people confuse it with Veterans with Day. Veterans they do. Yeah. They're thanking you for your service. Veterans Day is for the people who are serving and who have served, yes. who are still with us. Still breathing. Yes. Memorial Day is to remember those who have passed or who have given their all in defense of their country in service to, to America. Right. Yes. So that's what this is about, remembering those who have come before us who are not with us today, and specifically members of the 4th Infantry Division who were once here on Fort Hood but are now at Fort Carson, Colorado. Mm -hmm. Today we are live from outside of what used to be the uh, 4ID headquarters, which is now Division West. Division West headquarters, but the memorial for the 4th Infantry Division for those who lost their lives in the war in Iraq. Operation Iraqi Freedom. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, four, five, six, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the memorial is being rededicated today because it had fallen into disrepair. Mm-hmm. So we are blessed to be able to bring the rededication ceremony to you as it happens. Plus, we'll have some people on after the, the ceremony. A veteran who was there at the time in Iraq and who will bring you his story and talk about what it means to him, as well as the man who helped spearhead this effort and brought it here together to bring it to you today. So without further ado, we bring to you the rededication ceremony of the 4th Infantry Division Memorial. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. And welcome to the 4th Infantry Division, Operation Iraqi Freedom Memorial Rededication, where we will honor all 4th Infantry Division fallen warriors and forever immortalize our fallen comrades from Operation Iraqi Freedom. Ladies and gentlemen, we ask that you please rise for the playing of the National Anthem performed by the 1st Cavalry Division Band. Please join in honoring our nation's flag with a salute 
or hand over your heart affirming dedication to the United States of America. Following the national anthem, please remain standing as the 1st Squadron, 7th United States Cavalry Regiment Chaplain, Chaplain Beaver, gives the invocation. I invite you to pray or meditate in your tradition as I do in mine. Creator God, thank you for this important day in our nation. Thank you for the opportunity we have to gather in this sacred place where we remember the many brothers and sisters in arms of the 4th Infantry Division who made the ultimate sacrifice for freedom's cause. We gather to honor them and to rededicate this memorial. Thank you for the chance our squadron has been given to restore this memorial and commit to continue to care for it so that these fallen warriors are never forgotten. Bless the families and comrades of these warriors who are either present today or with us through virtual means. Ease their spirits and comfort them. What an honor it is to serve our nation in the profession of arms. While we work for the day when peace is achieved and we no longer have to take up sword against our adversaries, Grant us the courage these warriors had to do our duty when called upon, to be ready to serve all Americans with all our strength and devotion. Bless our squadron and iron horse brigade. Bless our 1st Cavalry and 4th Infantry Divisions, and especially bless all our service members who are deployed on this Memorial Day defending freedom. Keep them safe and hasten their return to us and their families. For it is in your name I ask these things. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, please bring your attention to the center of the memorial and observe as Captain Hathaway and Sergeant First Class Stibby from the 1st Squadron, 7th United States Cavalry Regiment raise the 4th Infantry Division colors over the memorial.
Ladies and gentlemen, the commander of the 1st Squadron, 7th United States Cavalry Regiment, Lieutenant Colonel Richard Groen. Mr. Don Nicholas, uh, State Representative for Congressman Roger Williams, Major General and Mrs. Broadwater, Command Sergeant Major Kenny, Colonel Schoenfeld, Command Sergeant Major Hall, Colonel Westbrock, Command Sergeant Major Larson, friends, family, and veterans of Gary Owen, Iron Horse, First Team, and the Ivy Division. Thank you for attending the rededication of the 4th Infantry Division's memorial. As troopers within the United States Army, we have a few no-fail missions. Win our nation's conflicts, defend our great country's freedom, care for one another, and honor our fallen. Our fallen, which this memorial represents. The men and women who made the ultimate sacrifice within the 4th Infantry Division during Operation Iraqi Freedom. Only a few short weeks ago, this memorial was in desperate need of attention. In a measure to get out of the house during COVID-19, my wife Desiree took my daughter for a walk and noticed the condition of this great memorial, a memorial with such a rich history. That evening, she brought me to the memorial and my heart sank. Though I'd never served in the 4th Infantry Division, they held a special place in my heart. You see, I served in the 1st Cav as a, as a lieutenant. The 1st team in the Ivy Division had a healthy rivalry of respect for one another. What hurts the most was, despite the condition, friends, veterans, and family members still visited the memorial to reflect, pay respects, and leave tokens. Each plaque was so much more than just a name. It's a trooper who paid the ultimate sacrifice. It represents their story, their family, their community, a story that can never be forgotten. Something had to be done. With the support of Garrison, Iron Horse, the Gary, Gary Owen team sprung into action with Chaplain Beaver and Staff Sergeant Barrow, as well as the troopers that are highlighted in the back page of today's program. I was astonished and overwhelmed by our leaders and troopers that volunteered, most relatively new to the Army with no connection to the Ivy Division. But I, then I realized there was a link, shared by the fallen as well as our volunteers. That's selfless service and duty. Troopers past and present do, amazing, do an amazing thing. Despite our adversaries, they raise their right hand and say, send me. Send me into harm's way to win our nation, nation's conflicts and defend our freedoms. Send me so I can care for my fellow trooper and pay respect to our fallen. And after a few weeks of pressure washing, picking weeds by hand, repainting, and selfless service by so many, we're here re rededicating this memorial and raising our hands once more, vowing to care for this memorial. For as long as Gary Owen is here at Fort Hood, we will adopt this memorial and give it the care that it deserves. And who better to rededicate this memorial than one who has served in the 4th Infantry Division, someone who knows several troopers remembered here today. It's my pleasure to introduce our next speaker, Colonel Michael Schoenfeld, commander of the Iron Horse BCT, a 4th ID veteran, and someone who gave his full support during this endeavor. Sir? So it's weird as I was uh, th thinking about what to say over the last uh, last couple weeks, right? And then I look out at all the veterans, um, and my daughter was, was uh, wa we were walking the other day uh, as well, and uh, she goes, Daddy, what, what is Memorial Day? Why is it different than Veterans Day? She's also very precocious as a 10-year-old, so anybody that knows her. Um, and I said, sweetie, it's, it's a, to remember the, 
1.1 million service members that have passed before us. Right? That's sobering when you think about 1.1 million and 525 uh, just in this memorial alone. Right? When, when that sinks in, we don't mourn those that lost. Right? Uh, anybody that knows me, I'm an armor officer, and Patton's one of my favorite guys. Right? We, we thank God that they were, they were alive. Right? And that they, they took and, and went to that final sacrifice. Right? So that we could pursue our life, our liberty, right, and our happiness. And I've, I've been standing down here since 19, December of 1998, watching 4th Infantry and the 1st Cav go toe-to-toe uh, as those protectors of freedom. Right, these 525 that are, that are represented here on this Memorial Day right, will always be remembered in our hearts because of what, what they have given to us and allowed our families to do. And if COVID-19 has done nothing else for us over the last 45 days, has made us appreciate life even more. Right? It is one of the most powerful things that, that we do is to remember our fallen. Because without them, we, we are nothing. And so I, I just appreciate everyone that is out there and everything that is done uh, to make this memorial so special. Um, but it's the men and the women that have gone before us. And I, I can't tell Gary Owen thanks enough because uh, it, it is a special place in, in not just my heart, but so many of our hearts to see this remembered. Chaplain Beaver shared a, a, a video the other, or a, a picture the other day of a young lady while um, a young man was here crying at the memorial just a couple days ago. And she asked, Daddy, why are you crying? And we all know it's because of the 525. Right. So thank you very much. I, I appreciate everything that you've done for, for not just uh, the 4ID family, but our family in total for the Army and all of those of us that have lost folks in combat. Uh, and unfortunately, we'll continue to lose folks in combat as we protect what's so precious to all of us, which is liberty. Thank you. The rededication of this monument keeps faith with the past and pays solemn tribute to the 525 service members who made the ultimate sacrifice during the three Operation Iraqi Freedom deployments of the 4th Infantry Division. They will join their brothers and sisters in arms whose names are already engraved on the 4th Infantry Division Memorial. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise. At this time, Lieutenant Colonel Groen, Sergeant First Class Hyatt, and Staff Sergeant Frausto of the 1st Squadron, 7th United States Cavalry Regiment are placing a wreath on the memorial in memory of the service and sacrifice of all of our fallen heroes, past and present.
ladies and gentlemen, please join us in observing a moment of silence in honor of our fallen heroes. Please be seated. Ladies and gentlemen, the commander of the 1st Squadron, 79th United States Cavalry Regiment, Lieutenant Colonel Richard Groen. So in closing, uh, thank you so much, uh, distinguished visitors, as well as all those who are attending uh, virtually for this re uh, attending this rededication ceremony, as well as the overwhelming support as the uh, ceremony completes, please feel free uh, to take a couple moments, walk around the memorial, and enjoy it. A special thanks goes out to General Odierno, Lieutenant General Campbell, Lieutenant General Thompson, Major General McFarland, and Major General Donahue for reaching out to thank our volunteers. Also, thank you to Mr. Bob Babcock, as well as Jerry Bumpus, for providing the 4th Infantry Division colors raised here today, as well as giving us uh, a connection to the 4th ID Association. Thank you to Chaplain Beaver, Staff Sergeant Barrow, as well as all of our volunteers for heading this project and planning this rededication. Thank you to our Gary Owen veterans uh, here today, Tim Hodge and Mike Campbell, who with Chaplain Beaver purchased and placed each one of these American flags that you see behind each one of the plaques. Uh, thank you to the first team band. Uh, every time that you come out, you, you bring it up to another notch and provide that support. Thank you for the first team. Uh, for allowing us to have our time to, to volunteer here today and, and honor such a great division. And lastly, thank you to Colonel Westbrock and the Fort Hood Garrison for allowing Gary Owen to adopt this memorial. We pledge to always care for this memorial and honor the 4th ID veterans. Gary Owen, 7th First, Iron Horse, always attack, first team live the legend, and always steadfast and loyal. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise for the playing of the 4th Infantry Division song and the Army song. Yeah. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's ceremonies. Thank you for attending. Wow, that was a that was a great ceremony. Yes. That was touching. These are always moving, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, for some, it's very personal. Yeah. Uh, we're joined right now by Army retired Sergeant Eric Haynes, formerly of Fourth uh, Infantry Division, First Battalion, Sixty Sixth Armor. Iron Knights, and uh, Eric, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, how how'd you feel uh, having one seven Cav do this, and uh, just the rededication today? Well, I actually only heard about it a couple days ago. Um, my uh, daughter was messing around on my Facebook, of course, and saw something <laughs> that somebody right. had posted about the rededication ceremony from uh, the Fourth uh, ID Division Facebook page. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, that changed my Memorial Day plans instantly. Right. Because uh, I, I come up here a couple times a year, mm -hmm. uh, anniversaries and stuff like that. And uh, so I'd seen the disrepair that the memorial was falling into. Right. And it actually talked to a couple guys up in Carson that are in 4th ID, friends I still have that are in the division up there. And, uh, of course, they didn't know anything about it because all they care about is their <laughs> memorial that it's at Carson, but you sure. know, mm -hmm. uh, I'm really, really happy to see that one seven stepped up and filled that gap that needed to be filled and got this done. Cause it's in much, much better shape now. Yeah. The memorial has been here since, uh, I think September, 2005. Uh, and yeah. you actually left the division in 2008. Uh, yes. Right. Yeah. Um, were you surprised when the division went to Carson that the memorial stayed here? Yeah, I was at first. Uh, I, and then, of course, it, logistically it makes sense because you can't really move a bunch of granite. Right. Yeah. In concrete. <laughs> how, would they, how would you move this? Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, I, I, I was actually very happy to see it was staying here because there's so many people here in this area right. that have a connection with 4th ID. Uh, I know When I first came to Fort Hood was in uh, uh, January 95, mm -hmm. and... I got here just in time for the uh, uh, deactivation of Second Armored Division and the activation of Fourth ID at Fort Hood. So, my personal history in Fourth ID followed along all the way through my career. Oh wow, it's pretty interesting. Tell me about the uh, uh, competition, I guess, between Four ID and First Cav. It's <laughs> it's kind of ironic that a, a, you know Gary Owen is doing this. Oh yeah. Uh, when when it because when this was a two division post, Charlie and I were both in the Cav. By the way. Oh, I uh, was I was in the Cav for my first uh, first assignment actually <laughs> oh, in the army. But uh, yeah. yeah, there was there was always a pretty good uh, competition going on Absolutely. between the two. Well, I, I would I would assume that you guys know about when when. Uh, Fourth ID took over the Force Twenty One mission. Right. Yeah, there was a lot of good natured ribbon going on there. Mm -hmm. uh, All good natured. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Well, you know, it was mostly us guys in First Cav because I was in One Eight Cav at the time. Right. And uh, uh, mostly us guys in First Cav talking mad smack about the Fourth ID guys because they <laughs> they didn't go anywhere except for NTC. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but they went to NTC a lot, and, and we only went once every two years, so we mm. you know, <laughs> we tried right. to keep it to a minimum. Right. Yeah. It was right. it was a lot of fun though, you know this uh, this memorial. It's so great to see it cleaned up now. And I want to point out to all of our listeners: the rain has stopped. Yes, Yay. it has. This rain has yeah. stopped. So that's kind of awesome. I was worried whether our 
stuff was going to explode or not. <laughs> but uh, of all the, the 500 plus names out here, who do you know? I have uh, two members of my tank crew are on the wall over there. I have uh, uh, a friend that is actually our first KIA from uh, uh, 4th ID when we went back a second time. Uh, Lance Chase, he was a guy that I, I was in Korea with him. And then he followed me back over here to 4th ID. He actually, actually met up with us in the desert in Iraq in 2003, uh, about six months after I got there. And uh, then there's... Uh, I'm trying to remember the exact number. I think that I think we have 11 guys on the wall here from from my oh, battalion. Wow. Wow. Uh, no, no, we have three, three from my from my company, uh, from the 2006 deployment alone. Which 06 was a real wake up for a lot of guys in Fourth ID because uh, the 2003 2004 deployment was very kinetic, mm-hmm. very <laughs> active. I right. mean, we we were in Samarra, Iraq, which was like Dodge City at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and, but we, we didn't lose anyone. Right. Uh, we, we lost two from our brigade for the entire deployment. And it was, a, just, it was a freak chance. They were in the gym tent at two o'clock in the morning and it got hit by a mortar round. Right. Oh uh, there, there was no direct, direct combat casualties at all. We had a few guys that were wounded, but uh, you know, they were, they'd be gone for a month or two and come right back. So, mm-hmm. so 2006 was really a wake up call for us. And I want to say for us, I was not awake for most of that because I was in a coma at the time. Because <laughs> my oh tank my was ac- my tank was actually the first uh, uh, first uh, kill in action that we had in our in our battalion. Wow. And, oh my goodness! Uh, so I, you know, I, I was uh, not there for the uh, aftermath of that. Uh, I heard about it from a lot of the guys. Uh, I was I was blessed enough that I was able after I, after I woke up. Uh, it was like a month and a half later, Walter Reed, uh, the guys were back in Iraq were very insistent on talking to me mm-hmm. and keeping yeah. me informed about what was going on. Right. Because uh, there was there was a really deep seated need for a reckoning, uh, and I would say that we more than got it. Right. Um, we we lost one other soldier uh, during that deployment. It was about. Um, Four months after my tank got hit, four or five months, mm-hmm. um, about before I guess, and uh, young kid, um, specialist Raymond, and we, did, you know, as tankers, we have kind of a sense of invincibility. It's it's both earned because we had such a tough, deadly vehicle, mm-hmm. and it's also necessary because we're going out there in and doing stuff that could get us killed. Sure. So we we got to have that that sense of being ten feet tall and bulletproof. Yeah. And uh, our adversary, our enemy that we we're fighting over there, had a very simple uh, philosophy when it came to tanks. It's like keep making bigger IEDs until we do something. Mm-hmm. Right. And I remember when I was in the hospital, the secretary of the army came to visit me in the hospital. And he asked me if it was my first first IED strike. And I was laughing. I just laughed. He was like, <laughs> he's like, oh, there's more than one. I said, like, which trip you want me to talk about, sir? He's like, how about just this one? I was like, oh, that was a, that was number fifteen or sixteen. I can't remember which exactly. Wow. Sure. Yeah. And I was like, they just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger mm-hmm. until they finally did something. And uh, that was some that was something that was unique to tankers because they didn't have anything that readily available that was going to that was going to crack a tank 
uh, you might call, you might wound somebody uh, uh, from shrapnel from an IED or something like that, but you're not. There's nothing ready made that they had that was going to crack tank. So we were like the uh, constantly going out into sector. Uh, unfortunately, we had to, we had to go to the same places all the time because we were providing security for uh, specific infrastructure um, sure. assets that were high value targets for the enemy. And on top of that, we were trying to hand over our area responsibility to the Iraqi army who was getting trained up mm-hmm. uh, to do that. And as I know, Charlie, or remember, they weren't always that <laughs> reliable. <laughs> That's uh, being very, very generous. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were lucky enough in our sector. We, we had a, uh, a Iraqi armor battalion that was our responsibility. And their sergeant major was, uh, he made some of our sergeant majors look like Boy Scouts. Wow. Huh. Yeah. And, uh, and they didn't even have any grass to walk on. So, you know, that was... <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> He was a he was a real hardcore dude, real hardcore. Um, but uh, the the whole mentality shifted after we lost uh, our first guys, and it went from going out and with focusing on the mission, and you know the especially for NCOs and, and junior officers, the focus was always try to get everybody back safely. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I made promises at the beginning of deployment to soldiers' wives and soldiers' mothers that uh, I'm sure a lot of NCOs did. Uh, and we know that those promises aren't always something that you can keep. It's just something that you work towards. Right. But, you know, that it's something that is taken very, very seriously. And when once, once a unit is blooded, the closeness the tight-knit group it's like i just this rededication for example last night i posted something on facebook at like 10 o'clock 10 30 last night mm-hmm. saying hey for those of you who don't know there's gonna be a rededication ceremony of the fourth id memorial 9 30 in the morning i'll be there i'll try to be there early hope you guys can make it and i got here a little bit late actually and there's four four other guys from my not just from my battalion but from my company that are here so mm-hmm. You know that was very uh, heartening because it, we still share that that tight knit bond, even though we're, we've all gone on to to live the rest of our lives away from the army. Uh, at least you know this group of guys here, we've all gotten out or retired, and uh, but we still show up. You know, somebody somebody ra- raises the call, we still show up. Oh, you're you'll always be family. Exactly. Always. There's nothing that's going to kind of come between that. And that's why, even like you said, with that, that friendly competition between the CAV and 4ID, yeah. when it comes down to brass tacks, we're there for each other. Exactly. And today, the CAV stepped up and brought this back to life on such an important day, the day when we remember those promises that we made but fell short of through no fault of our own exactly so it's great absolutely fantastic having you here and having you be able to share your experience with the listeners of the podcast because there's so many people out there even in the the military today that don't have that experience to that it seems to us (laughs) this was yesterday exactly exactly but to to many soldiers now it's almost ancient history it's kind of like when uh when i first came in the army it was three years after desert storm 
and we all all us young privates and specialists looked up to the the combat vets that were still in the army at the time that were desert storm vets um of course, you know, there, I went to war with some of those guys, too. And it was a very, very different experience both times. And that I think that's something that I've, I've tried to kind of pass that on to some of the guys I know that are still in or are, are newly in the Army, that uh, it, it doesn't really matter. What I mean, it, my experience matters, but but what happened and the way it happened is going to be different from every for everybody. Everything is changes. Yeah. And... Like we talk about the rivalry between First Cav and Fourth ID, um, it was kind of of a microcosm of the rivalry between the Army and the Marine Corps. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, maybe oh, yeah. not quite as nasty. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got a couple friends that are dual vets too, that they're yeah. Marine Corps vets and Army vets. Oh and they, man! Mm-hmm. But it's funny because to a man, they both said they mu- they much. Uh, more enjoyed being in the army than they did in the Marine Corps. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't surprise that. me. Yeah, they're, they're more proud of their Marine Corps service, but they enjoyed their time in the army. Yeah. They should have tried the Air Force. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what my my son's going to do. <laughs> oh, hopefully, hopefully, they'll lift the restrictions here in a little bit on uh, all the uh, physicals and stuff, so you can get yeah. get back mm-hmm. into that. Yes, very interesting times that we're living in currently. <laughs> yeah, quite. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to thank you once again for for sharing your experience with us for being on the podcast and, and making it up here for the rededication. Where did you said you, you travel up? Where do you come from? Oh, I'm, I'm actually here in clean. Oh, okay. So, oh, so nice. okay. I had friends that came from uh, down around the uh, San Antonio area. Okay. So that wow. Was, so they found out that late last, late night, last and night and they still made it here. Mm-hmm. Wow. Actually, I think he's in uh, around New Braunfels is where he lives. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, he I've made been it there several times. Yeah. He's yeah, ca- caught him in the middle of, uh, 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 Hanging out and drinking beer with buddies in, in the middle of the night, and he was able to pull it together and get it. Well, there's wow. no, no better time never than that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Memorial Day is a period of remembrance and honor. Today, America reflects on the service and sacrifice of those who have fallen on the fields of battle across the world. These men and women are our heroes. They gave their last full measure of devotion to defend our nation and secure the liberty of others. Their names, etched in these stones, represent so much more than just the picture. They are husbands, wives, parents, friends, and their legacy will never be forgotten. This is our solemn pledge. It is my honor to pay tribute to those interned here and the thousands of veterans buried in other cemeteries in the United States and abroad. Today, we remain a nation at war. Our troops are either in the fight or they stand ready and willing to join their brethren in arms. We follow in the footsteps of those brave men and women who came before us and hope that when called, we are found worthy of their ultimate sacrifice. On Memorial Day, please take the time to pause and give thanks for all of our freedoms and in doing so, honor those that paid the price for the freedoms and opportunities that we and our families enjoy today. The heroes we remember on Memorial Day are an essential part of what makes us Army strong and the best fighting force in history. Fort Hood's Great Big Podcast, your tax dollars at work. And we're back now with our next special guest, 
He is a Lieutenant Colonel Richard Groen, and he's the commander of the 1-7 Cav. So you uh, spearheaded this rededication ceremony, correct? Uh, well, I would say my wife spearheaded oh, it. Oh, your wife, so, yes. Isn't that the way it works for <laughs> it all is, of us? Yeah. It is. So I, I openly admit that 99.9% of my good ideas all span from my wife's okay. uh, mind. That so wise <laughs> declaration. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, hopefully that buys me a couple points if you're listening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so she was, you know, during COVID and everybody's, uh, you know, isolating in place and, and make sure that we could take on the, the proper measures and she takes my young daughter out on a walk, and she sees just sort of the status of this memorial. Mm-hmm. And uh, she brought me out that night. And then the next question is, she said, you know, have you seen this? And I said, yeah, this this is pretty horrible. We need to do something about it. And she goes, well, why haven't you started yet? And <laughs> oh. so that, that definitely is the spearhead yeah, uh, because she, you know, she grew up in a military family, mm-hmm. and she knows exactly how important this is, uh, mostly because – Every name that's on here, every out of the 525, it's not just a name. It's a trooper who's, you know, given the ultimate sacrifice. Right. You know, it's their family. It's their community. It's their story. Mm-hmm. And if if we don't treat this properly, then we are, you know, disgracing their story. Mm-hmm. So just from her seeing that, uh, no tie to 4th Infantry Division, now that was amazing. And so I give yeah. all the credit to my wife. She's the one who spearheaded it, and she's the one who came up with a good idea um, we just kind of put it that good idea into action. Yeah. So it's pretty awesome. That is awesome. You've taken it a step further. You've adopted it. Um, so you've signed on for the long the long haul, really. Yeah, definitely. So um, the first couple emails that I sent out, one was to the garrison commander mm-hmm. and just said, sir, you know, this is what we're seeing right now. Is there any way that we can take it? And, mm-hmm. you know, Gary Owen's been here with 1st Cavalry Division since they arrived at Fort Hood. Um, the list already came out for the next set of commanders. So in a year when I swap out, uh, there's a guy named Brandon Speaks who will be the squadron commander. And I told him how important this memorial is. And he wrote back and just said, you know, I get it. And we forever, Gary Owen, will make sure that this memorial is adopted and cared for properly. So it's pretty amazing also to see the next generation of Gary Owen, the command structure, Mm -hmm. and they're all in. Everybody is all in. And, you know, thus far... When it comes to volunteers and, and people to help, we've had troopers uh, who, if you saw on the backside of the, the program, mm-hmm. you know, p- privates, PFCs, specialists, sure. those that were no uh, type of relation to 4th Infantry Division were probably toddlers when this thing was erected right. and, and dedicated. Mm-hmm. And they had that, you know, that link with the memorial. And they volunteered. And even yesterday, we had two gentlemen, Tim Hodge, as well as Mike uh, Campbell, who were veterans of 1-7 Cavs, so they served um, in, in previous conflicts with 1-7. And they came out and put out all the flags that you see here behind, all 525 flags behind each one of the plaques. Yeah, it is amazing. You know, when, when we first ran pictures of the cleanup of this mm-hmm. um, on Facebook, one of the, the first comments somebody made on there in typical Internet snark was, oh, volunteered, or were they voluntold? Right. right. No, they, this was a volunteer effort. This was a, this came from the heart. It did. This, uh, from the ground up, This were these were soldiers, and the youngest, the newest soldiers, people who had just raised their hand and come on board and joined the Army family, were here making sure that those who had come before them 
we're properly honored. And I think that, say what you will about kids these days and all that, that says something. That says something. It does. It does. And, and that's the link uh, between troopers past and present is all of us have raised our right hand and said, send me. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter who our country's adversaries are. We say, hey, we, we are going to care for one another. We're going to honor our fallen. We're going to win our nation's wars. Send me. And that's the connection. Um, you know, these brand new privates, no combat patch, uh, you know, probably months within the Army. Uh, but they said, send me. And when we needed volunteers to help with the memorial, they said, send me. I've got your back, 4th Infantry Division. Gary Owens here for you. Tell me what it meant to be able to do the rededication by Memorial Day, because this thing, uh, you, you were only starting, working on it maybe six weeks ago, right? Yeah. So it was quick. You know, just the amazing amount of support that came out from uh, General Odierno, who for, formerly commanded 4th Infantry Division, mm-hmm. uh, a lot sure. of our pictures here. Um, Lieutenant General uh, Peterson, who commanded 1st Cav Division. Uh, Lieutenant General, uh, General Campbell, who was the three corps commander, uh, reached out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Major General Donahue, who's about to go take uh, command out of Fort Benning. All of these, gen- General McFarland, who, who currently commands 4th uh, Infantry Division, all reached out and just were amazed how quickly uh, the team was able to, to come together and make this happen. And timing being on our side, we were able to do it on uh, Memorial Day and was able to talk to some general uh, gentlemen who were uh, formerly with uh, 166 Armor. They, they just were astonished because they, they said that this memorial looks exactly the same that it did when it was originally dedicated. Nice. And, wow. and that's awesome. Yeah, it looks, it looks great. If you had told me, I didn't know any of the, the background of this, and I had just shown up today, and you told me that it had been and repaired and refurbished and, and, and brought back up to snuff, I would have said, what are you talking about? It looks normal. It right. looks like a, a memorial should. Yeah. Right. You know? Um, so the amount of work that you did and that was that was done is phenomenal. Oh, Absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Do you know about, can you guesstimate about how many hours were put into to restoring this? Oh, I, I would say uh, just man hours along, mm-hmm. alone, it has to be within the 100s. Wow. Um, oh, yeah. So with uh, the statue, with mm-hmm. an amazing history of how it was, uh, you know, uh, made from former Saddam statues, w- w- was just covered in mess. So just cleaning that alone, uh, putting on the, the proper sealant afterwards. Uh, if you take a look, a lot of the uh, the campaign plaques uh, that are in color. So the chaplain actually took time out of his day after work hours to use uh, the special paint on it, and he painted by hand every single one of them. Wow. wow. Um, so uh, we had troopers here who, because of the weed eaters, couldn't get in between the bricks, mm-hmm. were picking weeds by hand. Right. And, and the amazing thing is, no complaints. Uh, everybody was just here to help, and the first day that we started was pretty pretty hot out in good old Fort Hood, Texas weather. Sure. Mm-hmm. And they just kept driving on. Uh, and we kept uh, you know drink, drinking water and pumping through a Gatorade, and the motivation levels were still high. So I would say within the hundreds of hours spent uh, with all those different volunteers and the chaplain and Sergeant Barrow, who, who spearheaded this one uh, in, in the execution phase, they're the ones who are like, hey, this is our plan of action to keep this thing rolling. And that, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's wonderful. So you have a, a means to ensure that this, this place will stay in, its, in the form that it is in now. Oh, yeah. That's so great. the lights for the flag are not repaired yet. Okay. So our staff duty every day when Reveille is, is played, we'll put the flag up. 
and then when retreats played at the end of the day, we'll bring the flag down mm-hmm. until we have the, the, the light system that can actually uh, shine onto the flag so we can keep it up 24-7. Nice. Very wow. nice. Fantastic. You guys made Memorial Day this year very special yes. for a lot of people. Um, for Americans as a whole, people that aren't attached to the military, they may be listening in. Why is Memorial Day so special to us? I just say that it, it gives you a perspective of remembering the why. Why is freedom so important within this country? And we have troopers that have sacrificed everything, sacrificed time with their family, sacrificed time with their community to defend our nation and to win our wars. And I would say Memorial Day is, is so important to me because it's a true testament of the sacrifice, the, the 1% of the U.S. population that says, hey, listen, I've got your back. I will forever take care of you. I will defend your way of life. And not only for you, but for generations to come. And it's a, it's a, a holiday, and I use that term holiday, but it's, it's more of an event. It's more of something that, that holds an amount of passion that started from the Civil War, so we would never forget the over 600,000 that have passed away due to that war sure. to preserve our mm-hmm. freedoms. Uh, but again, it, it continues on to today. And um, to see some of the veterans that were in the back while, while we were speaking and, and the, seeing the tears go down their eyes, that's a true testament of what Memorial Day is about. It's remembering why freedom is so important and the amount of sacrifice that we go through to make sure that it's protected. Yes, sir. So I couldn't say... I got nothing after that. Yeah, that, was that was all my wife's comments, by the way. Oh. <laughs> she is truly one of the great thinkers of our time. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today, sir, and sharing your thoughts and story with us. And a thank you, I think, from everybody, everybody, for restoring this monument to what it should be. Yes. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. It's really appreciate you all coming out and highlighting this event. It means a lot to our troopers, and, and more importantly, um, a lot of them have volunteered, can share it with their family members and their communities and, and show how important this was. Well, it's, it's our pleasure. It truly is. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And we will be back with some final thoughts right after this. Hey golfers, are you looking for a new course to play? The Courses of Clear Creek is a 27-hole course with challenging greens located in the scenic rolling hills of Fort Hood. With a 300-yard driving range, two putting greens, and a four-hole kids course, we're the premier golf course in Central Texas. Our pro shop is always stocked with the latest golfing equipment and name brand apparel, while our beautiful pavilion overlooking the course is a great place to enjoy a cold beverage. The Courses of Clear Creek, open to the public, offering annual, monthly, and summer membership packages. Give us a call today at 254-287-4130 or find us on the web at hood.armymwr.com. Fort Hood's great big podcast. Close enough for the government, good enough for you. Charlie, what does Memorial Day mean to you? Oh, goodness. Who do you think of? Uh, well, I think of my family because uh, from Kansas, they sent, they my family sent some photos up because they went around. Traditionally growing up, we would visit 
the cemeteries on right. Memorial Day because being in the service was a thing in right. my family going all the way back to the uh, the OG generation, the uh, the Revolutionary War. We've had people in every conflict. A Mabe you know, came over on the Mayflower, right? That's right. <laughs> in, fact, in fact, Mayflower is a mispronunciation. It should be pronounced Mabe, Mabe Flower. Flower. Okay. The, uh, I just thought that one up, folks. I got them all day. But... Um, we would go to the the yeah, cemeteries, and I would be presented with uh, my relatives, the Wallace family uh, and the Folks family, and told this person did this and this person did this. And they family sent photos because I was unable to attend this year. But like the first Wallace, born 1802, out there, and this is in you know Kansas. So they obviously traveled to Kansas from somewhere. They were, their parents were here for the revolution. Wow. Um, I know my great grandfather wanted to be in the Spanish American War, but was too young. So when World War One broke out, he was all over. He was all over that. Mm-hmm. Um, so and even my father was in the Vietnam War. Right. So Memorial Day, I think of my familiar connections. To it, but having served, uh, it adds another layer to that. I think of the people I served with who didn't make it back. Sure, and I think about their families. Right, mm-hmm. that's what that's what I think about. Yeah, yeah. About you, Brianna. Uh, similar to Charlie, I th- I think of the people that I've served with uh, that are no longer with us. Mm-hmm. Um, I went. Uh, to uh, Afghanistan, um, although we didn't lose anyone in in my company, but we we did lose some uh, people while we were over there, and sure. so and and so I think of them and um, and and their families and and what it cost, yep. and um, and I'm and I'm grateful, mm-hmm. you know. So that's what. What about you? When. Uh Let's see, I've been married now 20, some, uh, 25 years ago, my dad passed. And my dad is an uh, 18-year-old, served uh, World War II, mm-hmm. joined, the, joined the Navy just before the war ended, blah, blah, blah. And then he was uh, Army National Guard for many years until uh, my mom made him quit. Uh, he was actually called up and deployed when I was born. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm the, wow. I'm, the, I'm the last of four kids. Uh, and as a toddler, uh, I constantly wore his, back then, uh, all green army, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. army baseball cap everywhere. I had a really big head as a kid, too. But, uh, yeah, so. Uh, but uh, my dad was a master sergeant. There's a picture of me when I'm a toddler, and he's holding me. Um, so ever since he passed Memorial Day, I think of him first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't die while he was serving, but uh, he was a veteran. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, because I ended up making it to master sergeant, it was a very big deal for me. Wow. I, I cried like a baby when yeah. I got promoted. Um, Is he the reason you joined? Oh, yeah. No. Makes oh, sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I tried to follow her in dad's footsteps. Yeah. Um, and uh, did pretty well. But yeah. it, it, it's very... Uh, uh, he is the first and the uh, first person I think of today. Yeah. And uh, both my both my folks are gone now, but uh, um, 
it's a, it's a very somber day, I think, for for a lot of us. Yeah, it so. is. It is. And I'm how sure are you going to get still, out of this one? Huh? <laughs> I'm sure he's still proud of you. Well, uh, no, it's, it's there's no getting out of this one. It's okay yeah. to feel emotion on this day. Yep. Yes, I agree. So, from all of us to all the veterans out there who are serving and who have served. And the families who have lost. Mm-hmm. We thank you. Our hats are off to you for now and forever. Amen. Driving down the road.